talk about revolution That's going a little bit too far So love me, love me, love me Hello, and welcome to More Like the Worst Wing, the show where here in 2021, almost 2022, holy shit. Oh my, oh my. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, we take a look back at Aaron Sorkin's, frankly, formerly Aaron Sorkin's seminal work, The West Wing, from a bit more leftist socialist perspective. I, as ever, am Stu. And I am still in 20, at the end of 2021, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've been... A little bit absent, considering how crazy end-of-year shit goes, but we are yes. back in it yep. here, getting deep into Season 6 with the episode entitled Liftoff, which skips no, uh, skips no time, because as we left off on the very last episode with uh, Bartlett literally making the offer to CJ to be Chief of Staff the same way he made it to Leo by asking her if she wants to jump off a cliff with him. And so this one opens up, uh, first thing, CJ's first day, first morning, uh, being awoken by the uh, Secret Service barging into her house to uh, <laughs> uh, show her all her new detail arrangements and uh, all the new ways she has to live her life now that she's been upgraded in the security threat uh, hierarchy. Yeah, basically being like, well, you've got a lot more power, but also your privacy is going to be significantly diminished from here on out. Hooray! Yeah, so they go over all this stuff of like, okay, you know, you don't even drive your car anymore. Don't worry about that. And, and <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have like four men on you all the, on, all the time and all this kind of stuff. And so a lot of the initial stuff is her just adjusting to the new aspects of the role and, and kind of getting flustered with, you know, how crazy stuff is. Like at one point, Margaret brings in like a comical amount of reports and CJ's <laughs> like, oh, these are for like the past six months. And Margaret's like, this, these are for this morning. Do we, you know? do we see her getting, um, does she get like a, like a new code word upgrade or anything? This is the only thing that I find interesting about sort of the we don't internal know. politics of staff positions is, does I would, she... I would assume... Yeah, because she's in the sit room. Right. I later assume in this she de- yeah, she definitely, you know, only Leo and Bartlett go in there and so now her and Bartlett. So yeah, she definitely has some level of clearance that's above even Josh, you know. Yeah, which is I think it's I mean, I guess just kind of commenting on how the show's crafted. It's like it's interesting they show you the like the downside as a comedic beat of being like, "Well, um, you know, your day is less in your control now." But also we don't see her like there's not a ceremony or something procedural around her receiving access to this new level of like right. you now know fucking everything. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, they do. They do an announcement, and it's literally just at her press briefing where she goes, "This is my last press briefing," and and announces why. And then Bartlett comes in midway through to be like, "I am appointing Claudia Jean Craig to be chief of staff," and then he has to lead the round of applause, which kind of has some Jeb like please clap yeah. energy going on. <laughs> yeah. Like, like no one claps, no one claps at first, and then the president starts clapping, and then the whole press room claps. <laughs> it's funny because I honestly like that's sort of the thing where I'm like, "Am I? Are we supposed to?" Is this a like a congratulations thing? Right. Like, and if you're the press, you're like, <laughs> right? We don't we like don't good? normally clap. We're not we're not yeah. allowed to clap usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so 
She takes over Leo's job, and most of the episode is how they are going to both transition her into the role of chief of staff and also how the fuck they're going to find somebody to replace her. As press secretary, yes. Yes. So, yeah, that's basically the entire episode with one minor uh, sub plot that we will get to later on which uh which teases the greater arc that uh season six and seven will go through but we'll cover that when we cover that yeah as as Stu said it starts off with her just adjusting to the comical level of like routine and overwork that is her new schedule where you know much like the president she has every minute plotted out with meetings and you know committees and and such and such to uh you know to do the duties of chief of staff uh i find it funny that margaret is just so used to dealing with leo that she basically just like okay cj's leo now i've slotted that in and everything proceeds as normal and she and she just is like well leo usually got turkey for lunch and cj's like yeah sure that's fine and like she doesn't even think of like well you know it's good this is this is somewhat charming too because like from a working stiff position it's like margaret is margaret is how leo ticked like leo was you know leo was the guy in the suit he's not geez particularly i mean obviously clearly we he's meant to be understood as like the closest advisor to the president this you know consummate political operator but it's pretty obvious that without margaret having him right. down to a science. He right. would have been completely ineffectual. And so it's somewhat charming to watch CJ step into that. And I, I don't know. I don't know why, when, I, when I'm thinking about this, CJ is sort of just so easy with it. I would I would love that if I was Margaret, just being like, yeah. I don't have to change a goddamn thing yeah. about the way I'm doing my job because CJ is just yeah. like, okay. Cool. Yeah, right. yeah, and I think CJ does recognize that because then later on in the episode, you know, Margaret is like, "Hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm loyal to Leo, so whenever Leo ends up doing whatever he ends up doing that isn't chief of staff, I'm probably gonna go work with him, but I'm happy to fill <laughs> in in the meantime, interim with you, kind of thing." And then later on, CJ's like, "Look, uh, you're a little odd, but I'm cool with that because you manage this place like a fucking." you know, neurosurgeon, like, like you've got this plate, like you said, just down to a science and you're so good. And I could not do this job without you. So please stay, you know, I know you want to go with Leo, but please, please stay. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, and actually like, you know, I actually find that pretty cool because the whole rest of the fucking thing is definitely just like, well, you know, Leo works 19 hour days, seven days a week because that's what it takes to be good right. at your job. And all without complaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. No, and all oh. and all it did was turn him into an alcoholic and ruin his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And give him a fucking heart attack. Yeah. We just saw this happen. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> but he never complained. <laughs> uh so like there's a little there's quite a bit of slapsticky stuff where she'll roll in you mentioned the the pile of reports. Yes. Just like thing. comical amounts of reports. <laughs> And and there there's there's some you know stepping on banana peels moments with CJ being like oh um I guess this is me now uh, just carry on we're, <laughs> yeah. we're good um and so 
that is it's, it's all it's very charming, charming. because it's, they're it's not well they're not done. trying to and, they're not and trying to push anything. Allison Janney, of course, sells it all brilliantly. Uh, <laughs> as as we've gushed about her over and over throughout this podcast. So, given that this is Siege's episode, it was a fun episode. Unfortunately, there's, like, basically zero politics in all of this. Uh, other than sort of the main, quote-unquote, conflict, if you will, of the episode is that the Secretary of Defense, and we've seen this guy before. I forget his, his the character's name is, like, Hudges or Hudson. Hudson. Yes. Something like that. Hedgeson. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and we've seen him around before, and he decides to pick a bugaboo about, I don't know, some sort of opinion or operation. or Yeah, like they're the doing, de- like, a military thing. The details are literally immaterial. But the point is that he gets into a fight with CJ about it, where CJ's like, okay, well, I'll take your advice to the president. And he's like, no, 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 we, we just need to, like, do it right now, because I said... And she's like, well, I don't think that's how this works. And he's like, look here, little lady. I'm a big man and you're a little lady. And I'll tell you how things work. And it, it feels very like 90s dated sexism thing of like man can't handle woman superior in the workplace. Well, and, and further, it's being played on as such. Of like, yeah. Like it's, it's just portrayed it's very in that, trite. In that yeah. style. Where, and then she's like, oh, what am I going to do? And the advice is like, pick up your panties, big girl, and just go in there and hashtag girl boss it to the max. Yeah, because yeah, now what, you're the boss. Like, which is which is yeah. what she does, and that resolves the issue. Is just like, you have to put up like as much fake machismo as the men, is apparently the lesson of the story. Yeah, and I mean... This is, and it's it's deeply ingrained in American managerial culture to a degree where it's, that that is what's expected of people in power. And in, I guess, as you are essentially attached at the hip to the most powerful man on yeah. the face of the planet. Yeah. Like, to a degree, the authoritarian streak can't really be... Like, I mean, at, at certain times, obviously, you're making tough choices. That, yeah, you you, know. you do have to make the call that, like, you know, will end people's lives, whether, you know, American citizens or not and stuff like that. The, the calls she's going to have to make in the sit rooms are big ones. So, yeah, but at the same time, it's just like this attitude, like you have to have like the bloviating, like machismo type attitude of like, no, no, I'm dominating you here and you will submit to me. Rather than just like, hey, can we work together on this and like not, yeah, be, like, ass- not be assholes? <laughs> I was going to say, take advantage of your now obviously equal slash superior station, if you will, to almost sort of just force co-op. Be like, right. I'm very nicely going to suggest that we just figure this out together. Which, I mean, again, we're we're looking back, what, 15 years 16 years on this sure. show, and that's fine. And uh, Sorkin obviously didn't tackle sexism with um, any much more subtle <laughs> of a take or anything like that, so I can't even say that the show's doing it, like, a lot worse than it used to be. If anything, I think it gets points for, like, at least being a hashtag girlboss story, you know? Sure. Of, like, hey, yeah. CJ is getting promoted to, like, the big boy job, and, like, no one, you know, other than this general... Like, no one bats an eye at, like, oh, yeah. You know, they do a gag with, like, all the men pretend to resign because, like, oh, I couldn't handle working under a woman or whatever. But then they all, like, crack up laughing halfway through. 
Yeah, and it's uh, not to step out of my lane here a little bit, but it's very it's it's peak third wave. It's like this is this is the ideal of third wave feminism coming right. through here. It's, where it's, it's like she she can handle it just like the men. She can handle well, the big boy job. And, and also the fact that Sorkin is writing it such that it proves out that way, where it's mm. like no, this is now so accepted. That we can write a joke about it, mm-hmm. resolve it in a positive way in the show, and then just it's accepted now. So mm-hmm. like, and that's fine. I mean, that was probably honestly like, when, like I it's said, probably chronologically, right there. Yeah, like so. I said, you know, better better this kind of story than one where she doesn't get the job, kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. or or they continue stepping all over her, or yeah, Hutch- or yeah. <laughs> Hutchinson. Well, and Hutchinson's yeah. a, 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 a big dude, and he's the Secretary right. of Defense, so it's a very machismo martial totally. role. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and that it does get <laughs> resolved, and, you know, CJ ultimately prevails is is important. And, it's you know, it's narratively, res, you know, satisfying. It, 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 it bookends the episode. And by by way of a nice tidy segue here, it helps that like that Allison Janney is six feet tall. Yes, very and much so. Be, because there is literally a physical presence on the screen, and right. by contrast, we are actually joined in this episode and introduced to a new recurring character. Um, her name is Annabeth Schott. She is eventually contracted. I think by the White House. Yes. She gets hired in uh, like a small role in the press, press like hierarchy of roles. Like she gets, she's like an undersecretary of what CJ's old role is or something like that. So, yeah. So she comes in initially in a certain position, but then she is sort of repurposed to help discover or to help to like to recruit Mm-hmm. CJ's a, replacement. A replacement. Yeah, they have some good comedy bits where they try out replacements. You know, they have one guy who's like just the world's worst mumbler, where he's like, yes. blah, 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 the UN reported, <laughs> and you know, they have guys who like can't say anything. They have people <laughs> freeze up at the podium, yeah, yeah. who just like freeze up at the first time. Yeah, or guys who like just say like bureaucratic nonsense, but like not the good kind of bureaucratic nonsense, <laughs> like the kind that everyone views as bullshit. <laughs> Uh, and then yeah, they and then they finally get like one decent candidate and take it to CJ like yeah this guy's good he basically does your job and he's you know he was like half decent and she's like no that guy he fucking sucks you need to get me a list what's going on uh, and that's when they get uh, Annabeth Shaw who played by Kristen Chenoweth um, who has and interesting history with Sorkin <laughs> well yes and also like the just the juxtaposition because of this is height. all sort of yeah. <laughs> yes, this is revolving around Toby, but it's it is actually and again I'll, I'll I'll give them kudos for doing this reasonably well because it revolves around Toby, but Toby is almost just he's basically just being positioned yes from place to place by yeah. these two powerful women, one of whom is six feet tall and Christian Chenoweth who is four foot eleven. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, it's <laughs> it's really funny, uh, the contrast between them in that regard. And then, yeah, uh, to- so Toby gets to do a press conference, uh, which is what makes them uh, expedite the search for CJ's replacement because <laughs> he sucks really hard at it. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, he fucks it up. <laughs> he he gets very defensive with the press and gets. He basically treats it like he would treat a walk and talk with Josh. Uh, and then the press are just like, "Whoa, whoa, Toby, what the fuck?" <laughs> it's because it's you know pretty good. You, you can't tell the you can't tell the truth to the press, which are I mean, and, and again we're getting into the quote unquote role of the press secretary here is. I think Toby, the, the challenge with Toby's character in this regard is that... He's just too honest in some yes, ways. Yes, he lifts yeah. the veil too far. Yeah, like, because he's so cynical, and he'll just, like, blurt out, like, why, you you know, you want us to do this? Well, we can't do anything because the goddamn Arabs or whatever. And they're like, whoa, whoa! <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Well, and, and it, that's, that's why he gets in trouble in the first place, is because he makes a remark about sending CJ to the Middle East to swat Arabs with her purse. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, great, Toby. Like, being like, cynical and also just and, and really also fucking sexist, sexist and racist yeah. to a degree. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. So they're like, get him off the yeah. fucking stage. It literally, like, CJ's watching a TV somewhere else in the building goes like, oh, no, 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 no. And, like, <laughs> runs to the press room to be like, get him the fuck off the stage. Yeah, so we get... Like his his comedy of errors combined with sort of again integrating Kristen Chenoweth into the cast because she will be with us for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and you know they're they're starting to work out. It's a major shakeup in the White House, and I think we get a couple scenes with uh, Leo in like recovery. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, like still in the hospital kind of thing, uh, yep. or in some sort of medical setting, like a rehab facility or something. Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I think that mostly covers the CJ bit. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and discuss the other guest star who has big potential future implications. Now listen up though, because I think you heard me. So the other guest star, who will have big implications for both this season and the remaining show, is Jimmy Smith. Hooray! Uh, character name is Matt. Uh, oh my God, I forgot. Blanked Dave, off last name. You're killing me. <laughs> uh, Santos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh it's my the god! Mo- only the most important character in the last yeah, two seasons. Yeah, o- only the follow-up president to Bartlett. Spoilers. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for the end of the show. But you're looking at the man who was about to replace President Bartlett. However, as of right now, he is just a Texas representative for uh, yes, he's a congressional. Yeah, congressional de- district out near Austin. I think uh, he might be Austin's uh, district itself. But uh, yeah, he's gonna. He's he is Congressman Josh is visiting him to talk about Patience Bill of Rights because it's like getting it's in the process of getting killed and it was like his signature legislation that he was really trying to get passed through the House, um, <laughs> something that we don't actually have uh, in real life. Well, 
And this is Priyaka too. So it's actually yeah. really interesting to like to consider what and again, the Aka is completely inadequate, but like to consider what was like flying around as Pre- thoughts yeah, back then. Thoughts for, on like, what would actually reform. fix healthcare in this mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So So he's he's got some talking points that he's talking to on the phone to like some some person or legislator, other senator, uh, and he's got he's talking with his staff. Like you said, you know he's got an energy about him. You know he's yeah. moving, he's jiving politely, but he's <laughs> yes. doing it. You know, <laughs> yeah. So he's he's he's, <laughs> he's got that that West Wing energy. You know he is ready to walk down a corridor and talk with a motherfucker. Yeah. Wow. And he's if you're not careful, he's gonna walk faster than you on that walk and talk. So you better keep up, old man. Like, oh, he might be rolling up his sleeves too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look out! He means business. <laughs> like, get, like you get a little peek at the guns, but only from the forearm down. You know, <laughs> it, it hints at greater definition further up the arm, but you don't get to see it. <laughs> so, because we're still doing business. <laughs> I don't know if this has ever been confirmed by the writers or whatever, but it is at, at the time it's. Looking back in retrospect, it clearly becomes it's Obama. Obama. Yeah. It, but right. even you know, more so with the contrast of the candidate who will be going up against, who we don't meet yet in this episode, but it ends up being Alan Alda playing basically a John McCain type. Yes, the who is a maverick and is not your quote unquote typical Republican or whatever. <laughs> exactly or whatever. So oh, yeah, <laughs> meaning really a typical Republican. And again, like a, a lot of people obviously have done this sort of analysis of being like, well, it's, you know, definitely not at the time freshman senator from Illinois, 5th District, Barack Hussein Superala Obama. But like, it's pretty clearly him, which yeah. I think, and again, kind they, of talking. They of, even have the minority angle because he's Hispanic instead of, you know, not African-American, but you know, it would not, it would be the first non-white male president yeah. in fictional West Wing universe as well. Well, and I, uh, again, kind of the, the, the retrospective now aligns, but it's also really interesting to think of at the time when nobody, except for, you know, real fucking heads insiders know knew who obama, obama was, was. That, he, that he was a rising star or anything yeah this it strikes me sort of as um like an instance of parallel evolution here where the writers are converging and in to a certain degree the zeitgeist in which they operate are converging on this idea and then and then almost again in in parallel with each other the democratic party is converging on this idea, although obviously, like the primary was fucking insane, right? So yeah, and we'll we'll get to that when the show gets to its primary, which it covers through many many episodes. I remember the primary taking a long time to resolve, but uh, but in this episode, he's he's basically he's hanging up the hat. You know, this is sort of the the fake out where you know for at first he's like, you know what, Josh. I'm out of politics. It's too hard. You can't get anything done. You know, the Congress fucking sucks. I, I didn't get my patient's bill of rights. You know, I'm going to go back to Texas and I'm going to like set up health clinics. Uh, yeah. Maybe run for, maybe run for governor, but like, <laughs> yeah. but, but fuck Congress. I'm going to, I'm going to be think. a Beto for the rest of and, my uh, life. 
And Josh is there to, like, try to recruit him. And they're like, oh, man, really? You don't want to, like, run for your seat again? Like, you're, like, in a D plus 20 district. It would be an easy win. You know, that kind of thing. And then he's like, nah, maybe governor. And Josh is like, well, I don't give a fuck about governor, so yeah. I don't care about you then. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they they just kind of leave on that. But Josh kind of, like, this is just important for Josh to get, like, the feel of Santos go- so that going forward he'll know, like, oh, man, that Santos guy, you know, he, he had, I feel like he had, like, the something something, you know, the, that makes you want to be president. Um, so that, so that in future episodes, he can go recruit him to, uh, to run for president. Well, and I, I I honestly don't remember. Doesn't he go to run his campaign? Yeah, exactly. So basically mild spoilers, but, and I forget exactly when it happens, but in a few episodes from now, Josh will make a trip out to Texas, come visit him at his home and basically make like an impassioned plea for you. Like, you, it's got to be you, man. You, you're the man. You got it. You know, you're, you're. He basically gives him like the reverse Beto speech, where he's like, <laughs> "You're born to be in it, man. You know, you, you just got to be in it." He's and, standing on a table, and the candidate's yeah, sitting down. Yeah, he, he come, You know, he, he holds up a boombox playing "Say Anything." Yeah, you know, he's he's trying to woo him. Basically, he's like, "Yeah, I'll run your campaign. I'll I'll do it. We're gonna win, man." And, and so that, that's basically where this all ends up going, but that won't happen for, uh, I don't know when, but, uh, in the future. But the, but this is the first glimpse and there is a, there yes. is a lingering shot on Josh being like, you know, he, he takes Impressed. a long look, he takes a long look back on like right. Jimmy Smith's again. He's just, you know, he's moving, he's macking, <laughs> he's, like he's shaking <laughs> shit up, but politely, <laughs> yeah, politely with decorum so. in the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not, reforming. not a rebel. He's yeah. not a rebel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, Josh gives him like the significant look of like, oh man, what you know, a real politician right there. That's who that is. Kind of and it's kind of got s- that logging. It's a slight callback to like, you know, finding that person with Leo and Bartlett. Bartlett. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When it, yeah, so like I feel like the show is definitely trying to pull this out, and obviously with the foresight we have, we know that this is where his plotline ends up going. But and we'll cover all that when we get to it. But yeah, this is yeah, the yeah. first episode in which I it, early on they just kind of name drop like, oh, I've heard Matt, about Matt Santos. You hear about this Matt Santos guy? And I thought this was just the episode where we were gonna name drop him at first, but nope. Fifteen minutes later, lo and behold, Jimmy Smith himself is right there. Pound, pound in the flesh with Josh. And also now I'm like, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, this episode has just a shitload of stage setting. So they blew the first three episodes of season six with the the dumb fucking like Leo bullshit. But like there are there are four character rotations here because the press conference and the Kristen Chenoweth and Allison Janney thing makes it pretty clear that Toby is like he's he doesn't really plug in so well yeah doesn't really anymore. have anything to do anymore <laughs> really. then there i think i think there are actually like some explicit lines where he's wandering around trying to figure out how to do something or whatever and it's just like well you know i don't i don't know i just don't right. i feel like i don't belong right um, like he's director of communications so they were gonna have him replace cj but then turns out he sucks at the press conference part 
So now they're they're looking for someone else, and he's helping with that. But then after that, what then, Toby? Well, and then you know, I guess, again, I guess he writes speeches, but that all happens off screen now. Well, and again, you know, mild spoilers here. It's the show. The writers are thinking several steps ahead and priming the audience for how Toby actually fucking exits. Right. The administration. Uh, which I, I think doesn't happen until season seven, actually. Yeah. So they're they're laying some early groundwork here, definitely. Yeah. And in that regard. Well, well, and, you know, again, this is very hindsight retrospective-ish sure. on it. But if that's, if that's a conscious decision to write the character that way, then, yeah, like, kudos. Good job. Yeah. You know, we're, we're setting yeah. up a lot I mean, of shit here. They've done early setups, uh, you know, before with like, you know, where Bartlett mentions like exactly how Zoe could get kidnapped back in like season two <laughs> and then it happens. Although you could argue that's them like going back and mining their own continuity. Yes. And, and you could argue maybe the same thing with Toby where in retrospect, if you mine the continuity, it looks that way. But maybe there was no plan at the time yeah, to actually sure. do it. But, you know, if it is, like you said, it's a clever and subtle bit of writing on the writer's part, which leads me to believe it isn't, but yes. <laughs> given these writers. But I don't know. This, this episode was a lot better as an episode of television, so maybe they're improving a little bit. You know, maybe they're starting to get into the flow of it. It's, it's like, like COVID. It's like, this has never happened before. Maybe it's happening this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that's most of my thoughts for this episode. Any final thoughts on your end? No, I didn't. And again, this is more of a, um, you know, outside of the broad stroke structural stuff, there's less politics here and it's all character drama too. So yeah, there's zero like political issues like considered really other than, you know, patients bill of rights is name dropped and they talk about it like for a second, but you know, this episode is not about anything political at all. It's just a shakeup in our mains, which is nice and fun and exciting and all that. And that's what makes it more watchable than some of the other episodes around it. Yeah, it's great. And honestly, I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm excited for the next to see what happens yeah. in the next couple. Because and I now mean, we have Jimmy Smith's and, and well, yeah. the promise of the campaign to come. But it'll it'll take a few. But once that starts gearing up, then the show gets a lot more watchable again. Well, and I, I feel like I'm in a I'm in another zone here because my my recollection of the show, you know, just personally, goes from Leo heart attack to campaign, mm-hmm. and it's it's yeah, actually there, been there's a little bit in between yeah, there. Well, it's been it's been some pleasant surprises again because I yeah. totally forgot about Kristen Chenoweth, who I love, and right. yeah, it's like oh holy shit, nice yeah. surprise. Yeah, and she's very fun and funny and charming and all this. If we didn't mention that already, like oh she's, yeah yeah she's, yeah. <laughs> She's a fantastic comedic actress when she uh, needs to be. Um, and yeah, so all uh, she's great. Every time she's on screen, it's a delight, just like when Alice and Janney is kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that's about all it right. for this episode. Thank you for uh, listening. I'm sorry it's been such a long break, but again, end of the year, we can blame the holidays, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's my work's busy season and the holidays and all that. And, it's, you know, episodes may be sporadic, but we are, we're on this journey till the end, till the end God of season right. seven. And then after that, we'll decide what to do from there. If we want to look at some more stuff or I've something got, like that. I've got an idea that I'll, I'll tell you about in text, but I'm not spoiling it to people yet because I think this, like, yeah. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. Check in, leave us a comment in either of our threads on something awful or bread and roses. 
Um, if you found the show another way, please feel free to drop us an email at the account that I haven't checked in forever, which is <laughs> theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Nice. It's nice. Um, thanks again for listening. Everybody, I hope you stay safe. And yes. we will catch you next time on another episode of The Worst Wing. Stay safe, everyone. Bye now. Have a year. All the money you asked for, but don't ask me to come on along. So love me, love me, love me.